The word multimedia is the use of a variety of artistic or communicative media using more than one medium of expression or communication. Café is a type of establishment that serves coffee and is known as a place where information can be exchanged. The following is the audio version of the Multimedia Café. Welcome to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spees. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. What a fantastic program we have in store for you today. But first, let me tell you a little bit about the Multimedia Cafe. Cafe means cafe talk, things that are important to you and your family, things that help you operate your day-to-day lives. All of our interviews here are exclusive and they are experts within their particular industry or lifestyle. That's what we bring to you here at the Multimedia Cafe. Now the multiple mediums could be our interviews come over the phone, maybe they come over Skype, maybe we do it face to face. Can you imagine that? A place that still does face to face conversations. Oh, what a concept, boy. We love to embrace the different media forms. We prefer the face to face. In fact, For three years, we did not do one interview that was not face-to-face, but we embraced technology, and here we are today. We're doing multiple mediums, multiple technologies, and just a nice buffet of topics. Well, let me tell you about what we got on store for you today. Have you guys heard of the Permian Basin? It's this giant shale play down in Texas. There's another one up in North Dakota called the Bakken, and there's one on the East Coast called the Marcellus. And then there's another one called the Eagleford. Anyway, we've got all these shale plays, and you've got an abundance of natural gas and oil. All of this fossil fuels are being drilled, and there's a bottleneck on how to get it to the market. So what's happening down in Corpus Christi is there's some major investments going in down there with the infrastructure and the innovation and the pipelines and all these different things happening. Intellectual property down there, and, and what's going on with China, actually? So. Ian Vasey, president and CEO of the Corpus Christi Regional Economic Development Corporation, he talks about the number of economic and infrastructure projects happening in the Corpus Christi area. Now, you might be asking yourself, if you're in South Dakota or maybe Wyoming, maybe you're listening somewhere in Washington State, how does this impact me? It does. It's going to impact the price of oil. It's going to create a ton of jobs. And it you trust me, if you're living in Casper, Wyoming, this is going to impact you probably much more than the new coffee shop that opened up down the street. And I don't mean that negatively against the coffee shop people, because I actually a lot of my interviews are done in coffee shops. It's just that oil and gas and the energy industry impacts everything we do, from the coffee cup that we hold in our hand to how it got there in the first place. So it's it's some important stuff happening down in Corpus Christi that really impacts the rest of the, the country. Well, the, the planet too. Like I said, we even get into some China talk, how it uh, impacts them. You know, the other thing is Mexico. Mexico is a huge buyer of all of our natural resources. So that, that, that pipeline is going to help out there too. So we're talking about possibly some lower prices at the end of the day when Things are happening, which would be nice. It'd be nice to put the brakes on inflation for a change. Are you kidding me? A dollar and a quarter for a Snickers? A dollar eighty-nine for a soft drink? 
Are you kidding me? It's time to put a break on this inflation, folks. It's getting a little out of hand when you have to talk about $15 as the minimum wage, and not even 10 years ago, it was, what, $6, 5 bucks. I mean, that is a huge increase in terms of uh, inflation and living wages. It's just too rapid, too fast. So it would be nice to actually put a brakes on some of these, these uh, uh, prices that are happening. And if anybody disagrees with my little opining, my opinion there on inflation, feel free to shoot me an email, jason at thecrudelife.com. Love to have you on the program. Talk a little bit about it, assuming you're an expert in the situation. Otherwise, looks like we'll just banter over email. All right, what else we got on today's program? Jeff Zarling, Roughneck Coffee. Also, he's with Dawa. Uh, they're an agency out of Williston, North Dakota. They do a lot with the oil and gas industry. Kind of an oil-themed show today. Anyway, Jeff Zarling's secondary job called Roughneck Coffee. Started a coffee company. He likes coffee. But what's interesting about this is his distribution model. He goes a different direction than a lot of other people do with their business, so good for him. Jeff Zarling, Roughneck Coffee, a little later on in the program. Ian Basie, President and CEO of the Corpus Christi Regional Economic Development Corporation, and Jeff Zarling with Roughneck Coffee. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to start in with Ian Basie, President and CEO of the Corpus Christi Regional Economic Development Corporation, right here on the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies, and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe. Well, the circuit holds the power of the hour, and the light switch turns your tongue sour. There's no way to explain how the sky that way. It's the same reason the sky's blue. When you believe in two, and there's only you, cuddle in. Bellfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. you striving these days why are you still trying to earn grace why are you crying let me lift up your face just don't turn away why are you looking for love what are you still searching as if I'm not enough to where will you go child 
Tell me where will you run To where will you run Cause I'll be by your side Whenever you fall in the dead of night Whenever you call and please don't fight These hands that are holding you And my hands are holding you Look at these hands In my side They swallow the grave that night when I drank the world's sin so I could carry you in and give you life I want to give you life cause I'll be by your side whenever you fall in the dead of night whenever you call and please don't fight these hands that are holding you yeah, my hands are holding here in my side Whenever you fall in the dead of night Whenever you call and please don't fight These hands that are holding you And my hands are holding you by your side whenever you fall in the dead of night whenever you call and please don't fight these hands that are holding you and my hands are holding here in my side whenever you fall in the dead of night whenever you call and please don't fight these hands that are holding you and my hands are holding you Here in my side, my hands are holding you. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we talk with Ian Vasey, President and CEO of the Corpus Christi Regional Economic Development Corporation. Ian Vasey with the Corpus Christi Regional Economic Development Corporation. Outstanding. Glad to have you back on the program here to check in with Quite honestly, probably the heart of the epicenter of the hub of global energy activity, really, if you're going to peel back every single single layer. And I was joking with Mr. Vasey. I said, you know, I only got one question written down because I think your answer is going to stem off into more questions than we can probably get to today because 
what I just said is the major hub of global economy, and I really believe that. I've seen some buildings, uh, permits come up down there, some major facility, uh, um, whether it be natural gas or petroleum or transportation. There's just so much uh, economic activity happening down there that um, talk to me a little bit about what is going on down in Corpus Christi because you're going to pretty much hit on every industry there is. Uh, thanks, Jason. It's great to be back and talking with you. You know, we've had a we've had a busy year since we last chatted, and uh, um, you know, in the last probably five years, we've had something like fifty billion dollars worth of announced industrial projects, almost all in the related energy fields. Um, and since we last talked, ExxonMobil decided that they're going to be moving forward with a major plastics facility, Ethane Cracker, which is about about a $10 billion project, one of the largest in the industrial Gulf Coast. And they're, um, so that's ExxonMobil and their partner, SABIC, which is the Saudi Arabian Basic Industries Corporation. And they, they're going to be taking natural gas, building a lot of pipelines to bring in the ethane, and then essentially turn it into into plastics. And they, they just started moving dirt a couple of weeks ago. So things are, are really starting to take off, and they're currently trying to – I just looked at the numbers on Friday, and they're currently looking to hire about 1,300 work folks to, to work on the project for uh, – for the construction side of it, and then they're, they're starting to do their um, build-up for the permanent jobs, and I think they've hired the first 20-something folks already for the permanent jobs that are going into training. So things are pretty interesting down here. I, I don't know if you've, uh, how closely you guys are tracking that. Well, quite a few. I mean, it's, it seems like there's a press release that comes across my desk um, at least once or twice a month, if not weekly, uh, involving, you know, whether it be the $10 billion ExxonMobil. But then you mentioned the Saudi Arabia connection there, and that was kind of where I wanted to go next, which is the global economy that really is here, and it's been here for a while. And sure. we know Continental's been, um, you know, they were in the news last year for shipping out the uh, China China crude oil type of a thing. And um, so it's it's not news, I guess, but... What is news is all the money that's going into the exporting infrastructure down in Corpus yeah. Christi. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, actually, um, right now, there's so much activity in the midstream companies right now that are moving either condensates or distillates. We've got about half a dozen projects. Howard Energy's moving a project forward, Pinnock, Rangeland, some of the other other kind of larger, um, very aggressive, Martin Midstream, um, Magellan. Some folks are, are doing some, some very interesting midstream kind of projects. Right now, I, I just looked at the numbers a couple of weeks ago, and the amount of crude oil that is going, and I used to call it exports, but it's, it's more just kind of like outbound crude because some of it goes domestic. Um, the Port of Corpus Christi, who we work with, is exporting or, or moving something like 55% of the U.S. outbound crew. So if you add up everybody else, all the other ports in, in America, and then you compare it to ours, and you know we're still ahead by a long shot. So um, it just happens that our proximity to both the, the Eagleford, but more importantly, the, the Permian Basin, 
is um, where all of the major pipelines are bringing product. There's about a dozen major multi-billion dollar pipeline uh, projects underway to bring product down here from the Permian through the Eagleford into, into Corpus Christi port. And I, I'm looking at the latest numbers that just came out over uh, on Friday. And the, the amount of rigs that are active in the Permian is um, it's up to 444 rigs compared to 339 rigs last year. So it's added 106 rigs in a 12-month period. And that's an indication of the, the amount of activity that's going on. And, and, and one of the things that we are tracking, and, and the Dallas Fed does a good report on this too. They go and interview a lot of the, the folks that are the drillers. And to cover their costs, oil needs to be about, you know, somewhere between 35 and $40, 40, low 40s. So when you've got crude sitting in the $60 range, it's, uh, it's still profitable for a lot of the Texas drillers. And that's, that's compared to, you know, other parts of the, of the country where it's break-even points in the high 50s and low 60s, or if you go offshore, it's even higher than that. So we're, we're very fortunately placed right now, and we're seeing a lot of activity. Um, unemployment rates in our region are coming down. It's in the low, you know, low 5% range. Um, and we're really having to do some things with um, workforce training and uh, folks bringing in welders and pipe fitters and uh, instrumentation folks. So it, it's kind of a, it's an interesting time and, you know, some, some real challenges that we're having to deal with, but it, they're good challenges to have. Ian Vasey, Corpus Christi Regional Economic Corporation, and we're kind of looking at a 5,000-foot view, a satellite view of Corpus Christi's economic activity, um, really from the thesis, if, if nothing else, that uh, Corpus Christi is a major hub in the entire global economy and energy activity. We just talked about ExxonMobil, $10 billion investment down there, uh, partnering with Saudi Arabia, a firm over there. Um, you brought up the port several times, and that brings me to the uh, kind of the new relations everybody has with China. I know that um, sure. I saw a couple uh, press releases in the last month about some Chinese um, companies doing some business or getting some leases oh, yeah. or something like that in Corpus Christi. Now, I know you're not part of the port, but I imagine well, you got I your finger in there a little bit. For the port, so we do, we do work closely with those folks. We are their, their economic development sure. arm as well as set for the city and the counties around here. So, yes, I, I, I you know, they're very good friends of ours, and we do track a lot of data. So. Yeah, and and what I was looking at was that it ties in with the Permian, of course, is that there's some LNG exports to yep. China, Europe, et cetera, um, with some pipelines. And um, all, I'm, all I saw was that all roads lead to Corpus Christi. So talk to me about what's going on there with uh, the Permian pipelines in China. I'd say, that, I'd say there's about, there's more than a dozen companies. I'd say the first dozen are legitimate major companies that are building pipelines. And what you're talking about with the, with the China link was, um, you, it's the Chenier project. So Chenier is a very, very large um, gas to liquids plant. Um, and what they're doing is they've just announced on trains, I think four and five, they call them trains, which is the production lines that they are going to be exporting um, liquid natural gas to, uh, to China. And I know they're openly talking about, uh, about future phases, the, the future trains. Their CEO has talked about um, buying an additional 1,000 acres or so and for international um, export of, of 
liquid natural gas to both Europe and Asia. Um, another project that um, that really it, it, you probably picked up on was the, there was an Italian company called M&G that um, built and got about 80% done on um, a plastics plant, another plastics facility. Um, and they, they basically ran out of money, went into bankruptcy across the board. And one of the very large Asian companies based in Taiwan called Far Eastern Group is um, – is buying that facility. Uh, the bankruptcy judge approved the partnership between um, Far Eastern Group, Alpec out of Mexico, and also Indorama, which is a, a, a company out of Thailand. Mr. Ian Basie, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, we're going to continue our conversation with Ian Basie, President and CEO of the Corpus Christi Regional Economic Development Corporation, right here on the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies, and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe. Yes, I was born on the first day of my Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. And then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation and actually conclude the conversation with Ian Vasey, President and CEO of the Economic Development Corporation in Corpus Christi. Is um is buying that facility. Uh, the bankruptcy judge approved the partnership between um, Far Eastern Group, Alpec out of Mexico, and also Indorama, which is a, a, a company out of Thailand, to be able to buy this facility. They, they bought it for a billion won, or they're, they're going to close on it for a billion won, and then they're going to move forward and build those facilities. So we're going to have more product. That they're going to finish that, that billion-plus dollar plastics facility and then they're going to be exporting uh, raw materials both to Mexico as well as as well as to Asia so we're in uh, um, we were out in, in Taiwan and Taipei and met with those companies a couple of times and they've been out and looked at it you know we, we, we see a lot of Asian investment uh, opportunities right now and we're we're paying a very close amount of attention to, the, to that not just the Saudi project that you talked about but also the uh, um, the the mainland China and also Taiwan. So, yeah, about, in, in international activity, and our summer is probably going to be going out and visiting with a lot of those folks at their head offices. 
I was going to ask you about any of this um, stuff in Washington going on from the tariffs to the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Anything coming out of that in terms of um, general themes or comments from... Uh, you know, one of the things we did, we, we do on a regular basis is we visit with business retention um, visits with existing companies that are in our area. And, uh, sorry, somebody's having a conversation outside my office. Um, we do a lot of business retention visits with companies. And one of the big things is uh, there's a lot of uncertainty in the market about what the what the steel tariffs are going to mean. And it's, um, you know, there's a lot of folks in the energy sector who buy large amounts of steel pipe or other steel-related products. And what we've seen in the last probably six months is, is steel on the international market has gone up about 25%, maybe even 30% for certain products. And we were hoping that the U.S. manufacturers would, would kind of keep their prices about the same to be able to, you know, kind of gain market share. But what we've really seen on the other hand is that they, the, the U.S. domestic uh, producers of steel have, have kind of raised their prices in line with the international producers. So at a certain point, it's going to have a, it's going to have a negative effect on the overall energy market because these are folks who are just going to have to have to buy more product. At the same time, they're going to pass along those costs. So, so at, a, at the end of the day, we're going to see probably you know additional costs pass through the consumer for for a whole raft of things. Now, so if you ask me on the whole, is it negative or positive? We're hearing from companies that are that are very concerned about the uncertainty, concerned about price changes. But there is one piece that we are kind of looking to thread the needle on a little bit, and is that they are, we do have hot briquette iron here. We do have a couple of pipe uh, manufacturing companies. So it's no secret that we're out there in the world talking to all of the, the steel producers, especially the international folks, about maybe they could have a facility here in Corpus Christi. Because we have the deep water port. We have the ability to bring in scrap. We've got the HBI, hot briquette iron, and then we also have some, some users. So, you know, it's... Uh, that's the silver lining we're looking for right now. I tell you, I think uh, some more innovation is going to come out of this. I really do. Um, it just seems like every time, because uh, th- these are some these are some big decisions going on right now. They're, they're going to have some major implications and effects, both positive and negative. And right. um, I think the big positive is going to be there's going to be some new innovation, and whether it be, you know, some sort of new natural gas gathering or uh, sturdy product to, you know, kind of be competitive with some of those steel things you just mentioned. Or sure. even, I was even thinking even some of the um, blockchain technology to kind of sidestep some of these different Boy. regulations. <laughs> Blockchain and, and Bitcoin and things like that. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to even speculate on that. That's that's too far outside our realm. But what I will tell you is that we are seeing, and we are talking to companies out there who are in the natural gas industry and the, the not just the, the the next type of trains and manufacturing process are, are probably going to be smaller. Um, than some of the existing technology that's out there. And the companies we're talking to are talking about building smaller trains so they can they can mm-hmm. have better flexibility and being able to fluctuate uh, the amount of product that they're pushing out depending on uh, what customer demand is looking like and pricing is looking like. So, you know, we, we are seeing some, some new technology and, and advancement in that. Um, the drillers, actually, we are seeing some real fascinating things in terms of uh, in terms 
terms of the fracking industry. In fact, I was meeting last week with a guy who holds 102 patents, his company owns 102 patents in the drilling industry. And I mean, these guys are in every kind of every piece of every well. And, and there's some real serious folks out there who are doing very cutting edge technological research and development uh, that we're here in South Texas. And we're, we're very, uh, very pleased to have those guys around. How is that industry down there? You know, I, I mentioned the, the blockchain because the other day I was interviewing a, a, a blockchain guy and I said, you know, I, I never thought of innovation coming on the, you know, that side of things, but technically that would be something innovative, just like the new fracking technology and the natural gas technology. So up here in uh, in, in the Bakken, there is a big industry on innovation through the university systems. There's a big push on it, that sort of thing. Do you guys have kind of a, a, a pretty good little micro uh, economy for the innovative side of things? We, we do, actually. Our university, uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, is, is, is working in that field, has an innovation center that's run by a very good friend of mine, Russell Frankis. And Russell is, a, you know, actually he's originally from, from, well, he's a South Dakota guy, and um, he's, uh, he's doing some things in the technology field to help bring on some of those companies and advise them on, on how they can grow and scale. Um, you know, one of the areas we're, we're really starting to see more activity and, and we're working on something as a, as, a, as a project for the Economic Development Corporation is building this kind of innovation technology kind of ecosystem, trying to get those young entrepreneurs that, are, that don't want to work in the, in the you know, traditional heavier industry or in a hospital or something like that. And we're re- they're really wanting to work for themselves in technology related to energy. And we're starting to build some of those those kind of opportunities for them and we're trying to give them a place to go and a place you know where they can have those water cooler conversations with their peers and then being able to connect them into the 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 angel funding network to be able to kind of help build their so if they if they can scale those companies and and, and there's a lot of interest in it i mean i would have told you five or six years ago if an economic development group was doing that i would told you you know they're a little out there on the edge but we're now starting to realize that this is kind of a central theme in building local economies right now. It's keeping those kids, if you will, that they're graduating from the local universities and colleges, and instead of going up to Seattle or Boston or, or more locally around us, Houston or, or Austin, you know, we're trying to keep those folk, keep those kids here, and we're trying to build that system to be able to support them. And it's an important part of the thing, and you know we're going to be spending a lot of time on that in the next coming year. And, but we're not going to try and copy everybody else, and you know we're not going to try and get into apps and things like that. But where we are, it's that energy-related um, kind of research and development that we, those kids that are doing—I say kids—you know everybody's a kid once you get to a certain age. Young people are doing it. That, that's very interesting, and we have a lot of activity in that field right now. If you're listening at home and you're you're kind of cold up there and you're in the energy sector or you're, you're working among the plants of that, come on down to, to, to Corpus Christi. We, we could use as much skilled labor as we can get. And, you know, you, won't, you certainly won't have to ever shovel the weather down here. So we, uh, we were on well, we're a very welcoming community, and we want to we wanna put it out there that um, skilled labor folks are very, very welcome. And that was Ian Basie, President and CEO of Corpus Christi Regional Economic Development Corporation. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. 
The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter, YouTube. All of those media links can be available at thecrudelife.com. Click on our social media tab and become part of the network. 350,000 followers here at the Crude Life Media Network. All right, we're going to continue the conversations here on the Multimedia Cafe. Jeff Zarling with Roughneck Coffee coming up in just a moment. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe. All we need is four wheels, a full gas tank, and a few miles left. Where all the lonesome souls go? Who wrote the songs of living? And now it's our souls left. For the giving, we already know how it's done. Let's put our Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. Meridian Energy Group, Inc.com. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we talk with Jeff Zarling with Roughneck Coffee. All right, Jeff Zarling, is it? It was still with, uh, well, I'll, I'll let you explain who you're with because I knew you from Dawa. Yeah, right. but uh, we're here with a rough ri- Roughneck Coffee, so. Right. What's going on with Roughneck Coffee? So we're a small business development consulting firm in Williston, working with a number of different companies. And actually, the background story is I bought a grain elevator, looked for a way to redevelop it. And we've looked at craft breweries and talked to somebody about coffee. And over the last year and a half of talking about coffee and learning about it, and I like coffee, just kind of got into the business idea of creating a coffee, a good coffee, targeted to the people who are fueling America and that's where Roughneck Coffee came from. And give a plug for your other uh, company Dawa which is where I met you a number of years ago I want to say in Minneapolis actually uh, at a conference and then you you hosted a number of conferences I'm thinking of the Minot Investment uh, Conference off the top of my head of course then you do the oil and gas show up in Williston every year Um, but the reason I bring it up is we talk so much about the reinvention of business plans going on in the oil and gas world because of the technology. Our business, the media business, we were just talking before the air, we had to reinvent ourselves too and find a few different alternative revenue streams or whatever it might be. Talk to me a little bit about how you had to reinvent your business to accommodate with the oil and gas. Yeah, well, I was in the IT industry in the 90s, moved my company to Williston, and we work with a lot of small businesses. Mm-hmm for a lifestyle, living in around family. And doing that in a town of 12,500 at the time, we had to you know, apply our services to the marketplace, which is working with a lot of small companies. So you have to evolve and adapt to what their needs are. And you talk about the market changing in the media world and just in, in the oil and gas industry, everybody's changing. And like you were talking earlier, where people get their information from has changed. Um, so helping our clients 
communicate who they are and what they do differently. Uh, online, obviously, social media is a big part of that. Um, so, yeah, you kind of have to be continually um, adapting. Yeah, it's, you know, for me, 2009 really changed my whole outlook on things. I had a real estate publication, so I was forced to change. Uh, the oil and gas really opened my eyes. In fact, you have a comment from one of our previous interviews that was in one of my music montages that I still tell people, I still reiterate, which is you were the first one to really let people in the box and know that you need to envelop yourself in the community by going to church with these people, by going to school with these people, that we're not just trying to make money off these people. No, we're slowly building a community together. Did that ever dawn on you? Well, I mean, you know, I, my wife grew up in Williston, so I think what we had talked about at the time was about how all these people were descending on the Williston Basin and talking about the oil and gas industry ruining the community. But I think, and that was an outside perspective, mm -hmm. I don't think what they realized was the people of the area, we were the oil and gas industry, right? right? Been there since the 50s, since the 70s, since those previous, you know, boom cycles. Um, so the people of the oil and gas industry were the people of the community. You know, that that perception that it was us versus them was an outside perception. I think that's what we talked about a lot. Yeah, it, it was. And I, I remember just going through these different oil and gas communities. And, you know, again, there was there was this outside perspective that when you get into the inside perspective, it's amazing how much of the communities really do embrace the overall industry because the energy economy is so vast. Uh, talk to me about the energy economy all the way to where you've got roughneck coffee. So we'll tie it back in. Well, the energy economy obviously is, you know, driving economic activity in North Dakota and Western North Dakota. Um, obviously, we saw a large downturn there. Uh, looks like we're seeing some increase in activity, but it it just it impacts everything that we do. Um, the businesses in in the community um, and how it's evolved. Well, you know, talking about what we're doing here again, it's just. Roughneck Coffee was created to celebrate the, the men and women of the oil and gas industry, right? And provide them a, a coffee, a high-quality coffee brand. You know, when people think about specialty coffee, they think about, you know, maybe frou-frou coffee and maybe like the Seattle vibe and some of those type of things. This is this is good specialty coffee for, for the day-to-day. -day. This is for the people who get their fingernails dirty. I was going to say, I, I took a glass here and i'm drinking it a mug and it's uh what we used to call newspaper coffee where it actually stains the side of the cup so it's a it's a pretty healthy hearty cup of coffee um kind of winding down here and uh we're out in the bakken here at the uh, williston basin oil and gas show and like i mentioned um uh, Jeff Zarling does a number of shows himself, so I'm going to give you the opportunity just to plug your business, and also, well, maybe we'll start off with, tell, first talk about the coffee once again, what's the next steps with this? You've got a brand, you've got kind of a, a product now, are you going to be in truck stops, are you going to be at just conferences, what's the next step with Roughneck Coffee, and then transition into a nice little plug for your current business? Okay, so Roughneck Coffee, we, we sell roasted coffee, whole bean and ground and related merchandise online and through special re or select retailers, which in our case we're leading with like air gas on-site safety who we're with today. They sell our products 
at their stores. That's where the oil and gas people go to get their PP&E and their safety training so they can pick up a bag of coffee while they're there. So, yeah. And as far as our our, uh, oil show, we created that in 2011. Like I said, we were kind of in the mix of all this stuff that was going on. People needed a place to connect and conduct business because there were all these new companies and nobody knew who anybody was and, and the traditional marketing wasn't working for them. So we just wanted to create like a business after hours, get about 20 companies together. And our first year it was about 250 companies. So we were meeting a need. And now we're in our eighth year. And so it's the eighth annual Bakken Oil Product and Service Show. And it's products and services for people to connect and do business. There's no conference content, none of that stuff. It is, that's where people go to see what's going on with products and services. And this is an outdoor thing where a lot of people bring in a lot of the stuff or no? No, it's in the Raymond Center in Williston. So October 3rd and 4th this year, there's more information at BakkenOilShow.com. BakkenOilShow.com. Okay, I I know I've been in the past, it's been a few years, because it is up in Williston. Right. You know, and that's where the heart is, though. I mean, you got to, you know. Yeah, we attract the day-to-day guys. That's that's what we say. Some of these conferences are geared towards middle management Mm -hmm. and up and more strategic. Strategic and and you know that kind of leadership group yeah. talking str- strategy and and that type of thing and investment. Uh, we attract the day to day people out in the field from the production foreman and and some of the optimization engineers down to again the guys getting their fingernails dirty. Yeah, and you know as well as I do, some of these trade shows are only for engineers, are only for water engineers, are only right. for, and, and yours is just the day to day guys. Anybody can come, but right. that's who you really cater to. Yep. Okay. A lot of the day-to-day guys and gals. I yeah. mean, there's a, a lot I mean, of women. Yeah. Oh yeah, we were at the fact, job fair a couple day, a couple weeks ago, and and one of our biggest fans. She's a heavy equipment operator for B and G Oilfield Services. So, okay. Yeah, she loves our stuff. Jeff Zarling, thank you. And that was Jeff Zarling with Roughneck Coffee. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter, even YouTube. All of those social media links can be available at thecrudelife.com. Click on the social media tab. Become part of our social media network, 350,000 followers growing every single day. We invite you to be a part of our social media pages. Go to thecrudelife.com. Click on the social media tab. That's going to do it for today's program here at the Multimedia Cafe. I'd like to thank you folks for tuning in and listening to us here at the Multimedia Cafe. We know there's a ton of places, a million places to get your content. We have exclusive interviews here, so thank you very much for choosing us as part of your content day or your day of content. And if you're tuning in on the radio, appreciate it very much. And we'll be back tomorrow at this time on this radio station. If you happen to be streaming us online or maybe you're downloading one of our podcasts available at iTunes or many other podcast platforms, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Of course, all of that information can be found at thecrudelife.com. From the staff at the Multimedia Cafe, my name is Jason Spies asking you to savor life and enjoy the spice. Singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world sing. Singing for the glory of the risen King. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. 
Singing for the glory of the risen King. 